listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. Today, I'm so excited to be coming to you live from Washita Baptist University, and I am in a classroom that is full of amazing individuals who are here learning, they're growing, uh, they're excited about ministry, and they're going to tell us a little bit about themselves and also about what they see in the future for women's ministry. So, We're going to open it up and somebody tell me just your name and a little bit about you. I'm Katie Jo Henley. Um, I'm from Conway, Arkansas. I am a senior. Um, I'm getting my degree in mass communications, but I have a minor in Christian studies. Um, And yeah, that's perfect. Okay, Katie, thank you so much. Somebody else tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, uh, what degree you're working on. Uh, my name is Garrett, and I am from Shreveport, Louisiana. I am also a senior, um, and I'm getting my degree in kinesiology with an emphasis in recreational ministry. And Garrett, I am so excited that you are in this class. You are the only guy among a bunch of girls. So I know that that's probably been an eye-opening experience for you. So we definitely want to hear from you. So excited that you're here. Okay, somebody else, tell us your name, where you're from, uh, what what degree you're working on. I'm Melissa. I'm from Singapore. I'm a worship arts major with a doing a minor in Christian studies. Awesome. So, what about life in Arkansas? What do you think? It's been really good. Really good. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to jump right in because we have a lot to cover over the next few minutes. And we really want to just talk about women's ministry and the future of women's ministry. And women's ministry leaders, as you're listening to this, I want you to know that you are going to get a bird's eye view of just really great insight into um, women's ministry from the perspective of the younger generation. You know, as I travel around uh, the state and beyond, one question that I hear all the time from leaders is, how can we get young people involved? How can we get the next generation to step up and to be a part of women's ministry? We're going to talk about it today on Inspire on the Go, and I can't wait to hear what all of these students have to share with us. So uh, we're just going to jump right in. When it comes to women's ministry, Ladies and guys, what, what do you see uh, when it comes to the landscape of women's ministry? Uh, maybe right here, as you've talked about it in your class at Washita Baptist University, what have you learned about women's ministry that maybe was surprising to you uh, during your time here in this class? I think one thing that I've sort of picked up on just coming new as to my calling to ministry, I guess, is just the fact that women's ministry is more than just the fluff. It's more than just the fellowship, eating out at lunch, going shopping with girls. There's just so much more depth to it. And one thing I've talked with Shelly Barnes about from Gyre Springs is that I think as society is moving forward, something that we're looking to is just authenticity in these relationships and there being more depth in them real growth that's happening between ladies. And I think that's something that comes when you really just dig more into biblical truth. 
And that's, I know that you have done that. I know that you've really dug into the Bible and you've looked at different women uh, in the Bible. And Sherry Edwards, who is your uh, teacher here in this class, she's all about getting us into the Word. Has there been one particular Bible character, one woman that has stood out in Scripture that's been an encouragement to you in your ministry calling? I think for me, the character of Ruth is so encouraging because she is so obedient even when it's not normal or not logical or um, she's stepping out in obedience when it did not seem hopeful at all. And the Lord blessed her through that. Um, And so that's really encouraging as like a woman looking to go into ministry. Absolutely. I love the story of Ruth, you know, and as she traveled from um, Moab to Bethlehem, the the concept of obedience and surrender was just all over her life, you know, and one thing I've always thought about is she didn't know that she was going to be grafted into the lineage of Jesus Christ. And I mean, who knows what she would have thought about that, but she didn't know that. But what she knew is that next step of obedience. And I think about that for all of you as I look around this room and, and you don't know the end, you know, of that calling exactly where God is taking you exactly what that's going to look like, but you can take that next step of obedience, and you're doing that right here at Washita. And so tell us a little bit about your experience on campus and what it's like to be a student here. I think Washita is a really cool place that you get to come and be encouraged to grow and to learn, and um, you can find that in literally almost every aspect of Washita life. Um, there are so many, like, almost too many opportunities to get involved and to be surrounded by people who want to walk alongside with you and to do life with you. That's great. And, you know, and that's a picture of the body of Christ. That's how we're to do life together. And so you're getting a taste of that right here uh, at Washita. You're learning how to live life together. You're learning how to be encouraged by one another. You're also probably learning how to compromise and flex and do all of those things. And that's what ministry is like. Is there anyone in here that senses specific call to vocational ministry? Uh, We haven't had a chance to unpack that, but we know we're all called to ministry at some level. But some of us here in this room are probably sensing a call to vocational ministry, which means that's going to be our profession. Is is there anyone here that you're sensing that call? And if so, how has your time in this class and at Washita helped to clarify that? Um, so I think like what you were saying in your story just now, I think I'm at a point where I know that that what that is what God is calling me to, but I'm still also coming to a place of like completely like surrendering and letting go of that control. Because because also of my past, I do find that I'm trying to like tell God I can't do certain things. And when you're talking about like a Bible story character that really affected us, like the story of Deborah really affected me because she was like a judge and a prophet and she somehow like broke out the traditional role. And because of the, of like just church tradition, I always think that women have to be like certain things. And so when I sense God calling me, I found myself like trying to live in that. And so I'm still coming to a place of just like saying, God, I will do anything and just being open to like let go and let God direct that. I love that. I mean, there's so much freedom in letting go and letting God. But one thing that we have to learn how to navigate is the church culture. And sometimes that does feel limiting uh, for us as women. And so can we just be really real about that and talk about what are some constraints that maybe you in your generation sense when it comes to women in ministry? And if there aren't any, we can we can talk about that too. But whenever you come into this, this idea of call and call to ministry, 
as a young woman, are there any constraints that you feel that you're having to talk about or that you're having to process um, in, in your maybe quiet time or just in your life? Maybe women functioning as like an authority in like teaching scripture. Because I, I guess traditionally we always look up to men to do the teaching and we're like supposed to be quiet and to learn. So like when I first started listening to like a bit more studies, I was just like really impressed that women can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, for me and my calling, I had to grapple with that as well um, because I am called to teach the word of God. And so what does that look like on a practical daily basis? And so for me, being a complementarian, uh, which I know you've probably studied about that, which is uh, recognizing uh, that we want to be the under the, the, the biblical headship of a male uh, when it comes to a pastor uh, role in our churches, I, I, I wondered what does that look like for me as a Bible teacher. And so uh, I've walked that same thing over the years. And, and God just really has started to just confirm and affirm that we as women do have a place at the table whenever it comes to opening God's word with one another and pouring into one another's lives. And so I, I, am, I guess I'm still maybe a little surprised that this generation is, is grappling with that. But at the same time, maybe I shouldn't be because I think that that is deep within us and it, it's something that we should grapple with. And, and a lot of times what I'll say to other people as well as to myself, when you sense that tension in your life, that's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing because it means that you're being sensitive to the Lord's call on your life and you're wanting to walk through that calling in obedience and you're wanting to recognize authority so that you can come under that authority so that you can both experience protection and unity in walking out your calling. And so that's really, really great that you are saying, okay, Lord, what does my calling look like, you know, on a practical level? So that's really good. You mentioned whenever we talked about um, what we need to do maybe as existing ministry leaders when it comes to transitioning or transforming our women's ministries so that they're relevant for the next generation. You talked about the importance of vulnerability and transparency and authenticity. Okay, so I am intrigued by that answer because it seems like your generation is not afraid of that. I, would we collectively agree there? Like we're you're you're saying, okay, Katie, I'm not afraid to let you see the good, bad, and the ugly, right? Not that there's any ugly. You're gorgeous, <laughs> right? But I mean, I'm not afraid to let you see that. So we want, as an older generation, to learn from you. Tell us about the freedom and just being real with one another. I think there's something so so special about friendships that are so real that you feel completely comfortable sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly, and they're still going to be there with you. Yeah. And that's such yeah. a love um, that Christ shows us. And I think that's a love that the church should embody um, as well. But, you know, maybe other generations struggle with that yeah. because they fear that rejection or <laughs> loss of friendship or whatever. Um, but that's something that I think our culture at Washita has really helped us um, embody and realize and practice and um definitely something that should be embodied in the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think for, um, and Sherry, I want you to jump in too, Sherry Edwards. Um, uh, I think for our generation, we were taught maybe not to do that. Maybe we saw that as a weakness uh, to be vulnerable and transparent. So for our older generation, and I'm putting myself in that category, it's like we have to push past the fear. 
Right, right. And I think we've, we've talked about, too, the the cultivation of, of and the, the evolution, if you will, of women's ministry in the church and how it it transitioned into more event-driven. And so we became all about, you know, the event itself. And so when we do that, we we focus more on that as opposed to the real relationships yeah. and the transformation yeah. that needs to be happening between us in the body of Christ. And, um, you know, we find ourselves there on Sundays, on Wednesday nights, but it's not enough time to go deep with one another. And, and, and I think one of our other speakers that was here in the class mentioned, you know, taking the time to go deep um, and not just wide mm-hmm. uh, in relational yeah. um, aspects of women, women to women ministry. And that's what I learned from this generation is just that transparency. And I know that's a word that we use a lot, transparency and authenticity. We laughed about it uh, when we were kind of going through the list of uh, prejudgmental or pre uh, prejudicial uh, descriptors of the millennials or Gen X yeah. or Gen Z, um, and they're not necessarily what we see written on those lists. Yeah. Um, and so um, they teach me a lot. I bet so. I bet so. Like I've been so challenged just in my time with all of you. And you know, honestly, probably what we can gain from you more than anything else is your willingness to be transparent and vulnerable and to say, you know what, I don't have this figured out and that's okay, but I'm going to establish a community where together we can walk this journey and there will be a richness in our relationships that will bind us together in Christ. And so I'm excited about the women's, the future of women's ministry as I look at all of you because God's going to raise you up. He's going to raise other people up like you who have a vision for this relational ministry that really links arms and becomes a picture of the body of Christ. And we're going to continue to kind of move forward together. Um, so as as we're thinking about just uh, existing women's ministries, because there's going to be women's ministry leaders from all over listening to this podcast, and they just want some real practical things that they can do as a women's ministry team to engage your generation and to bring your generation into the women's ministry at their local church or uh, in their association, what are some just real practical things that if it was presented to you, you would say, I'm, I'm on board. I'm, I'm in. I want to do that. What are some things? I think something that I desire a lot at Washtenaw and just in life is someone who would be willing to just walk through life with me. Someone who is older, who has been through more stages of life than I have, who's just going to come alongside me and walk with me through those stages as I go through them. And I think that's something the church maybe encourages and advocates for, but doesn't really provide and doesn't provide a way to do that. Um, And so I think... I found myself in a lot of situations of like, I really look up to this, this woman in ministry or in this area or in that area, but there's not really this way to have a relationship or there's not, it's just like that awkward stage of like, I want this, but there's not really a way to get it. So we're going to drill down on that because I hear that all over and we want to get really practical. So what is it that you're specifically looking for? And let me clarify with my question. Are you looking for somebody who has it all together and who has it all figured out and can give you a checklist of 10 things to do and then sends you on your way? I mean, is that what you're looking for? No, 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 absolutely not. So this person doesn't have to be perfect. So what... Is what are some things that you'd like to do with this individual? Like, what are some ideas? Just real practical things. 
I think simple things of, of like going to get coffee or going to get lunch or cooking a meal together, like that's something I would really appreciate and where it brings in more more than just the spiritual aspect of life, but like just doing life, like you have to know how to cook to, to live. And so I think like doing those things com- and combining like actually living life and actually um, talking about your spiritual life like is a really cool way to do that. Okay, so if it is a and 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 I'm I'm talking in church words, okay? So uh, because we're we're church people. We're church people, right? I'm, if it's a program within the church where you go, and I, I don't know the answer to this, so I'm literally just trying to gain information, and we're going to open this up to everybody. If it's a program where you sign up for it and you say, okay, for the next six months, I'm going to be connected to this individual, and we're going to meet five times within that six months, and here's what we're going to do. Does that concept of a program turn you off because you want it to be more relational or organic? Or are you okay saying, I'm going to sign up for that program? I mean, I think you obviously want someone to just, like, notice you and think, like, man, I really want to invest in that girl. But at the same time, like, realistically, that does not always happen. So I know for me, like, I'm in a program, if you will, um, through Canicut Camps. Like, it's called I'm Third at the Discipleship Program. And, yeah, in a sense, like, knowing that you're almost assigned to someone is, like, okay, how personal is this? But yeah. at the same time, seeing how much you grow from it makes it worth it. And like, you know that if this person is willing to do the program, they already care enough about me as it, as it is to disciple me. Yeah, that that's really good. That's so powerful because in order for it to be truly organized, it may have to have a little bit of a program nature to it. But at the same time, we need to hear the cry of your heart, which is we want it to be organic. We don't want it to be a checklist thing. And we want to develop a relationship that is much deeper than something that I just do. So uh, I, I love that. Yes. Yeah. So just to tag on that, what Cian and Sam were saying, uh, something really cool we got to do in this class was mm-hmm. develop a program. And our team, actually, the three of us and two others were was based towards a women's discipleship group. And I think one of the biggest conversations we had, and we ended up coming with a, a general solution, is that fight for the organic, you know, we want it to be like more like living life in discipleship with each other as opposed to something you're you're going to that you sign up for and so on yeah. and so forth. And a real cool idea that Seagan came up with that she had picked up elsewhere um, was this idea of us as a, as a church giving the tools to those people um, who are seeking to go into discipleship with each other so that they can then kind of hone in and use that as a diving board to kind of get to where they're going. Um, not not as a bunch of list of rules necessarily, but but more to like, we're tilling the soil and then you go plant it. Yeah, that's so. good. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and I just want to say, uh, as I listened to each team, there were three teams and they each had a ministry uh, that they were supposedly uh, hypothetically presenting to the church to start. And there was a community ministry, a discipleship ministry, and a retreat ministry. And every single one of them, I sat there and listened, and I said, we need to be hiring these students based on these ideas alone because they are life-changing uh, they, for the church, the, uh, the generation and, and the ideas that they had in the discipleship um, idea, as well as the community and the retreat idea, were the type of thing 
that would, would cause relational growth. Um, it would also cause deep spiritual growth. And the way that they're thinking is what we need to be um, implementing yeah. in our churches. And yeah. so thank you for mentioning that. It was great. Yeah, and I think one thing that we probably need to do as existing women's ministry leaders is to have forums like this, to have opportunities where we go into a setting with you know bright young leaders and say, help us to see where we are, where we need to go. And as we open up those lines of communication, then we be we begin to form a relationship, which then helps to propel us towards the future. And so I just want to say thank you to all of you for your life, just like for leveraging your life for the gospel and for not settling for where we are, but having a greater vision of where we need to go. God is raising you up. He has call on your life. Uh, and as you follow hard after him, it's going to be incredible to see him use you for his glory. And a lot of people are going to be encouraged and, and just really honestly changed in the process. So my heart for you is just to cheer for you, to give you a platform, to share your ideas, to share your vision, to share what God's doing in your heart. And as you step into your ministry callings, just know that there is an older generation cheering you along. And so um, that concludes our program today. I'm so excited about what God's doing right here at Washita Baptist University. And as you ministry leaders are listening to this podcast, find young leaders talk to them, ask them, you know, what they see, ask them what their desire is, bring them into the leadership process and watch God move. So thank you so much for joining us today on Inspire On The Go. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.